You're listening to Legal Skinny Podcast with Trisha Burita. I'm a 15-year licensed practicing attorney in the state of Texas. I created Legal Skinny because when I've been invited to do educational seminars on different subjects in employment law, employers and HR professionals would often ask me, where can they find out a little more information on this or a little more information on that? Look, I get it. There's a lot of resources out there, but sometimes it's confusing and people are so busy. Sometimes people have only 30 or 15 or maybe even five minutes in their day to devote to learning something new. On this podcast, you'll hear me have discussions and interviews on topics relevant to employers. Disclaimer though, Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and doesn't create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Okay, so it's finally here, the vaccine. I mean, isn't this what we've all been waiting for? To punch back COVID-19 forever? rid it of our lives and definitely all the havoc it's wreaked on us in 2020 and what it appears to be wreaking on us in 2021. I'm thinking, yes, I'm sure you guys are thinking the same. So uh, let's kind of talk about it. You know, uh, you know, what do we know? Is there anxiety surrounding the vaccine? Yes. <laughs> Is there hope? I, I don't know. Yes. I think some people have a lot of hope about this, right? Is there medical unknowns? Sure. Lots. Yep. Uh, is it safe? Is it effective? How long will it last? Uh, you guys didn't tune into this podcast to uh, hear my opinion on that because I'm certainly not qualified to speak to any of the, you know, uh, safety, effectiveness, or how long it's going to last uh, parts of the vaccine. And as we know, much of that is also, you know, a bit of a huge unknown. So um, is there a piecemeal approach across the country to the vaccine rollout? It would appear to be yes. Each state is handling the rollout. So most uh, all started with the healthcare workers, of course, but then some states have decided to pick those with uh, age. Uh, some states have had varying ages versus other states with uh, maybe 65, 75, uh, or even I think I saw when I was looking over the different states and how they're rolling this out, I think 80 was picked in one of the states. So, um, or even just deciding that individuals that are in those, of course, vulnerable group homes that are elderly and them getting uh, the vaccine before others. The rollout continues, of course, with the frontline essential workers in some states uh, being identified like grocery stores, possibly teachers, you know, uh, the other essential workers, you know, which are quite a few. And then I guess the rest of the rest of us that that you know, may see this vaccine at some point. Um, you know, today as we talk about this, the the vaccine being available to the general public, well, it's it's just not there yet, right? It's they're barely being able to cover any of those categories I just discussed, right? So, is it coming? Yes, somewhere down the line, and all these rollout plans that the states have set forth, you know, is. Uh, the regular individual that doesn't qualify under all these special categories. But when, look, who the heck knows? I, I'm not really confident uh, they know at all. I think there's been some predictions. I think Dr. Fauci said something like about April, 
but you know, considering they're having shortages and there's some questions as to whether everybody's getting the the second dose in time and and all of this stuff, like I think it's just too early to know. I think what we know is that they don't know, and we know that it's certainly not tomorrow. Uh, we also know, you know, what about children? There's no, it doesn't appear to be any time frame that that has been sort of predicted as to when children may be able to get some type of vaccine or if they're going to be given the vaccine at all, especially the under 16, right? A lot of that being that they weren't a part of the trials that originally allowed the vaccine to come into play. So the vaccine is really currently being rationed. But we do know that the predictions are that at some point it will be available to the general public, just like they're hoping, like the flu vaccine. So you could go, you know, to your local pharmacy potentially and get it, or you could go to your healthcare provider and get the vaccine. Some states, you know, like here in Texas, where I am, you know, they've got hubs uh, that they're setting up in the various um cities where you can go and get the vaccine. I don't know how long that's going to be going on. It could be, you know, for, you know, until they feel like they've gotten everyone vaccinated. But this doesn't mean you can't start planning as an employer. It just means that you have some time. <laughs> so take a deep breath with me. Uh, you have some time to work through whether the vaccine is something you want to mandate and all the different pieces that go along with it. Now you may be tuned into this podcast thinking, that's crazy. You know, why would we mandate the vaccine? And so let's kind of start having the conversation about what we know about possibly mandating a vaccine from the employer's perspective. The EEOC has kind of given guidance on this, of course, now, and what they think are, are potential pitfalls for employers to avoid. And then also, you know, telling us what they think about certain um, protected areas of, of individuals that may be accepted from being any any type of mandate that the employer could impose on an employee for the vaccine. So bear with me, let's kind of go through this and, 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 you know, maybe you'll change your mind. Maybe if you think, yeah, you know, I'm completely against the idea of, you know, mandating a vaccine with my employees. But even if you're going to do a voluntary sort of situation with your employees, there's still pitfalls. So this is still going to be a relevant podcast because there's still stuff you kind of need to know whether it's going to be mandated or not, just because around the vaccine being a medical issue, there's a lot of protections there that the EOC is trying to sort of guide employers through to avoid getting in trouble. And so I'll, we'll talk a little bit about this. So this is part one of this vaccine um, podcast, and then I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about what I'll be discussing in part two later on. So I blogged about this on the LegalSkinny.com website in November, uh, discussing what I thought would happen if the employers wanted to mandate the vaccine, because it's not unheard of. You know, employers have been able to mandate vaccines, such as the flu before, especially if they have a compelling reason, for instance, and you know, if it's a medical employer and they need to have certain vaccines in order for them to treat individuals and it puts the population um, that they serve at risk, there may be a business necessity that they could prove or uh, other related reasons on why they would mandate a vaccine. So those kinds of things are not a foreign concept and this isn't a foreign concept to the EOC as well. It's just, this is such a different disease 
being that it's a, under a pandemic that it is looked at a little bit differently because there are a lot of employers that are you know not medical employers that may be considering uh, mandating a vaccine would be something they need just because of uh, the way that the workers work. For instance, they have struggled to have social distancing because they work in a close environment or because they've been having trouble getting PPE or, you know, various, various different reasons, right? So I, I made some predictions back then. And, and then, of course, uh, the EUC on December 16th decided to release an expansion and, and give us some guidance, which I had kind of back in November thinking, you know, I think we're going to get some guidance. It's just not there yet. And it was a little, it was a little crazy uh, last fall, right? With everything going on in November, but the EEOC did get get some guidance together on December 16th, and in the never-ending uh, guidance is what I call it of the what you should know about COVID-19 and the ADA, the Rehabilitation Act, and other EEO laws, they published this guidance or additional guidance related to the vaccine. So when you when you scroll through that on the EEOC website and you see these dates next to it, you'll see that there were some added in that December timeframe that are related to the vaccine. And, and that's what I'm going to be talking about in this podcast and, and the following podcasts that, you know, are as well as some other issues that may be coming up for employers. So the guidance includes from the EOC a new section and that that talks about the vaccine and the legal requirements of the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA, the Rehabilitation Act, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, including the Pregnancy Discrimination Act and potential concerns there, and whether or not any of this stuff affects the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act, GINA. So the part I'm going to be talking about here today is just sort of focused on some general information that started out with, you know, what it looks like to even get the vaccine um, to certain employees before we get into the undue hardship and the exceptions. And so I'm going to be talking about the ADA and the vaccine and the kind of general understanding of what the EOC is reminding employers, hey, don't forget, you know, these are things that you need to be aware of if you decide that you're going to have the vaccine be something that you're going to voluntarily or mandate uh, within the workplace. And one of those being, of course, right off the bat is confidentiality. Don't forget to keep all this vaccine information about the employees confidential. So don't have, you know, Susie there at the desk saying, hey, who here wants to get vaccinated and uh, who, who doesn't and why not? All of that would be bad in the workplace, okay, <laughs> according to the EEOC. Also the paperwork, right, related to it. This is gonna be going into those medical files, you know, that are separate from your normal personnel files. So make sure that, you know, you remind whoever's in charge of that, whether that's, you know, whoever's listening on this podcast or someone else, that this information goes in the box of confidentiality. Uh, and so we should be cognizant of that and be careful about how we handle this information both when we're talking to the employees and when we're dealing with the paperwork. So don't leave this information on the copier, right? That would be something the EOC would not approve of. So, okay. All right, another one that they went over was the proof of the vaccine. And I, I kind of thought when I read this, I was like, oh my God, this is so obvious. But actually, uh, you know, it, it's a good point. I think I could see why the EOC said it, of course, is that 
if you want people to get the vaccine, say they go to, they're going to a third party provider to get the vaccine and, you know, voluntary or not for the employer. And they tell the employer, I got the vaccine and they went to their healthcare provider, right? It seems natural that employers may be asking employees to provide proof of the vaccine. So the EUC decided to address that in their guidance from December 16th and said, look, EUC says that asking for the proof is not a disability related inquiry. So you're thinking, okay, Tricia, if it's not disability related inquiry, then it's not really, you know, delving into the ADA, but wait, <laughs> although they said the follow-up questions of why not, why you would not have proof of the vaccine may elicit disability related information. So the EEOC wants employers to consider warning employees not to provide any medical information as part of the proof in an effort to avoid implicating the ADA. So if you can convince the employees to sort that out in their heads, uh, that's what the EOC is recommending. So, hey, tell us that you got the vaccine, but don't tell us you know, any more information related to that. And this is so tricky because I, I really feel like after looking over this EOC guidance in December 16th, that if you're going to have employees dealing with this stuff that I'm going to be talking about here in these podcasts, you need to do some training because this is not easy stuff to sort out. And it's very easy for the employees, I think, if they're not trained to step into inquiring too much or getting too much information and, and not really being careful about what the EOC wants employers to do. So I think training is kind of a must if if you decide to go in this realm. But like I said, when when we started this podcast, we've got time. So don't stress out that you need to decide today to mandate or not mandate and train next week. You know, it's not available to the general public. So unless you're one of those employers that's having to make those decisions because you are able to get the vaccine, such as being in the medical community, you know, you may be under some different um, decisions and you may have already decided what you're going to be doing. But from the standpoint of, of just general employees that um, and, and employers, you know, I think you're going to have a little bit more time to try to figure some of this stuff out. So, all right, let's move on to the pre-screening questions, because this is kind of where the chunk of what I wanted to talk about today. And and that's uh, the EOC's discussion about these pre-screening questions. So it starts off really that the EOC recognized that the CDC stated, look, the healthcare providers, the people that are gonna be giving the vaccine are gonna have to ask these questions of these individuals, these employees, to ensure there's no medical reason that would prevent the person, right, from receiving the vaccine, which of course, you know, um, is obviously necessary because of already stuff we've seen coming out about the vaccine that, you know, individuals that have certain allergies may have a reaction to this vaccine. So these there's medical questions that are going to go along with this vaccine. It's not just like show up, we'll give you the shot and you're good. Because of these medical questions, the EUC seems to be concerned in this guidance that more information will come out um, and expose the employer to what they would say would be maybe protected information, information related to the ADA. And so how do you sort of sort through that? So the EUC says, look, 
we know that there's no choice if you're going to mandate the vaccine that these questions are going to be asked. So um, if they're going to be asked to um, an employee by an employer or a third party that's contracted by an employer, um, although they don't think that the administration of the COVID-19 vaccine is actually, they don't think it's a medical examination for purposes of the ADA, they do think that the pre-screening vaccination questions may implicate the ADA's provision on disability-related inquiries, which are inquiries likely to elicit information about a disability. So if the employer's administering the vaccine, it must show, right, or they've contracted someone to come and administer it, they must show that such pre-screening questions it asks employees are, quote, job-related and consistent with business necessity. And so that um, was an interesting development in this guidance that the EOC stated, and, and it might put you on pause to think, well, I don't know that, you know, uh, maybe I shouldn't even mess around with this vaccine stuff, but they did give two circumstances where job related and consistent with business necessity, that requirement would not be required. And in those two circumstances, the EOC said, where the screenings can occur without this requirement, um, such as uh, the first being if an employer has offered a vaccination to employees on a voluntary basis. So the employees choose whether to be vaccinated. In that circumstance, the ADA requires that the employee's decision to answer the questions also be voluntary. Now, I'm not saying that they can't answer the questions, remember, because we already went over that. They're gonna have to answer these questions. But what they're saying is from the EEOC standpoint is the whole process is voluntary at that point. Does the EEOC um, say that individuals can't answer these questions? No. What they're saying is, hey, if the employer makes the whole process voluntary, then the employer is not requiring that the employee answer these interview questions that would elicit the information about a disability. So if the employees can choose to do so, if the employee refuses to answer the questions and the employer's then are of course allowed to refuse to administer the vaccine, uh, you know, as I was saying, but the EEOC warns employers to be careful not to retaliate against these employees. So again, a little bit of training and also information. I would have a policy surrounding this, of course, you know, about what it is you decide to do and an anti-retaliation about individuals that refuse to take the vaccine for whatever reason, whether you were trying to mandate it and they had exceptions or for whatever reason, if it was voluntary and they didn't want to take it, you know, there should be no retaliation. And that's a big piece the EOC certainly pointed out in this guidance. And then the second scenario is that the EOC says, you know, look, um, where the job related and consistent with business necessity would also not apply would be if the employer required vaccination was from a third party that doesn't have a contract with the employer. So this could be the employee's healthcare provider. When you think about it, all those questions will be asked out of the context of any connection with the employer. And the employee is free to answer those to their healthcare provider as they would with anything, right? Or pharmacy, um, but a third party that doesn't have any contract with the employer, the EOC said, okay, you know, we're okay with that because then, and then of course, remember, like I was saying, educate those employees not to dump any information <laughs> back to the employer with this sort of extra information that would, um, you know, run right up into the Americans with Disabilities Act inquiry 
you know, if you're asking for proof then, and they go to their own healthcare provider, you just need the simple, you know, proof that they got it. You don't need anything else about what happened in the pre-screening questions. So that's kind of just the summary of the initial general stuff that I wanted to talk about. I'm going to get much more in depth into the second uh, podcast on this, but overall, you may be thinking, look, Trisha, this sounds like a headache. Why the heck would any employer sign up for this? Well, I want you to think about this. This may be the new normal. The New York Times published an article in December about the major airlines like United and JetBlue planning to introduce a health passport app called Common Pass. If you haven't heard about this, it's interesting, but it would verify in theory, passengers coronavirus test results, um, possibly whether they even have been vaccinated. So prior to being able to get on a plane, Common Pass would tell you, hey, this flight you know, requires that you have done these things and then you need to meet those things in order for you to be valid to fly. And so that is a real situation. It does seem a little crazy initially, um, but it could be the wave of the future. Uh, airlines are trying to figure this out. They've had a hard time about this earlier this month uh, in January here, Forbes published an article following the Los Angeles Times report about a passenger who died on a plane with COVID-19, uh, allegedly not being honest on the initial questionnaire that he was given um, and that he already knew he had symptoms. So he may not have had a positive COVID-19 test. He knew he had the symptoms related to COVID-19 and got on the plane anyway. And so this is becoming you know, a real concern because the airlines can't sort of sort this out and they're looking to something. And so uh, this type of tech is attractive, right, to them because it's a way for them to, you know, decrease the liability and exposure for them, especially since the, the app appears to be tech that's already out there. So it would just be a matter of it becoming more commonplace and accepted by the public, right, in order for people to fly. But I think this isn't just airlines that are looking at stuff like these health port passport type tech or common pass. I mean, what if colleges use this to try to get, you know, college students um, back into the colleges or even other types of transportation or vacation like cruise lines? I mean, would you feel safer jumping on a cruise ship knowing everyone had been vaccinated or already had COVID-19 and they all showed it on their iPhone app or their Android app? Okay, so who am I kidding? I know you cruise people. You're dying to get back on those boats regardless, but like, just saying. So I'm not saying as an employer that you mandate it, and I'm not saying you don't. I'm saying it's time to start thinking about the possibility because, um, or even the voluntary um, option and making it available. And, and how do you do that? And that's kind of what, you know, these podcasts are exploring. And so my next podcast will be part two of the EOC um, uh, discussion on employer mandates and and where all of it's going. I'm going to talk about the ADA undue hardship kind of accommodation issue for those individuals that may be able to have an exception to this that the EOC talked about. You know whether the vaccine implicates you know the GINA um, Act and and the Title VII matters. You know pregnancy issues. So. Uh, Thanks for listening today and I, I, hope, I hope I gave you something to think about and
I hope you enjoyed this Legal Skinny episode on Should Employers Mandate Vaccines? Part 1. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Legal Skinny Podcast. Do not forget to subscribe to get future podcast episodes. Also, check out LegalSkinny.com to join our newsletter and get details on all the educational resources we offer the employer. Also, disclaimer, remember Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So also remember, this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you.